How are we doing today? Are we good? Awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. I saw you when I came out. I can just tell that woman's on fire right there. Man, welcome. Can you help me welcome all of the campuses? Love you guys at all the campuses. Those of you watching online, come on, can we give some love to those of you watching online? Um, in this very moment, like, I mean, like right up to this very moment, I mean, like right up walking out on this stage, I'm debating whether to say what I'm about to say. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and say it because I feel, I feel led to say it, I think. Um, I think, <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we have been very careful throughout the entire pandemic, have we not? Very careful. I don't know if you know this. Some churches never even stopped a meeting, and some started, stopped for several weeks and went on right back. And I mean, we've been prudent. We took like nine months, moved the whole movement online. We've been very prudent, very careful, following Scripture and obeying our governing authorities and all of those things. And if we've done that up to this point, it would be remiss of me if I didn't get up here and celebrate that the CDC came out this week uh, lifting the mask mandate. And uh, sometimes I think I don't even have to announce these. And I was like, I was, I was there this morning until people started coming up to me, asking me. And what I'm, what I'm realizing more and more is that some of you, you are really stickler rule followers. And, and that's awesome. I mean, like you, you just wanna do what somebody tells you to do. Like, I, I can't understand that. But some of you are like that. <laughs> um, but, and because of that, I, I do need to say, so you are free. <laughs> Not free in the sense of Jesus saying you are free indeed, but like you are free. The, the caveat they say is if you've been fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. And so you are free to not wear a mask at New Hope Church if that's what you desire. And uh, if you desire to still wear a mask, that's fine too. Let's stay in our lane and let's realize uh, we need to respect people and love people and people differ on this, but um, we, we are free from the mask mandate. And because there was a time when I stood up here and asked you to wear them, hey, let's, let's wear them. Never forced it, never policed it because I'm just not that kind of person. Um, I still need to say though at this point in time, hey, you, you don't have to wear it if you don't want to. And I gotta say this, Oh, your faces look so good. Your faces look so good. And I can imagine at the campuses, your faces is so helpful to speak to people where you can see their beautiful smiles. And um, I say, praise the Lord, amen? Come on, can we just praise the Lord that we, we, we made it through, I dare say, one of the toughest years you will ever have to live through. And you're still sucking oxygen, as far as I can tell. Few of you, I'm not so sure, but you, <laughs> you're still breathing. You're still here. God still has a purpose for your life. And uh, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I praise God for his faithfulness. And I, I, do, ooh, I do feel led to say this. If you're out there and you're on the fence, come on back. Um, I, I believe, and we're talking about mindset. I don't think it's a coincidence that the, the lifting of the mask mandate coincided with the launch of this new series, Mindset. I'll probably talk about that some throughout this series as well. But we had a funeral here yesterday, packed house, unbelievable service to, to glorify God and celebrate a beautiful life. And a lot of folks came out for the first time for that. And some of them are here today and uh, just welcome back. I know some of you are still, you're just a little hesitant. And I just wanna say to you, it's time. Psalm 122, one says, I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. 
It doesn't say, it doesn't say, I was glad when they said, let us log on. No, 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 no. You need to get into the house of the Lord. We want to receive you with open arms. Come on back home. Come on, church. Let them know. Come on back home. We would love to have you. All right, look at your neighbor and say, it's all about mindset. All right, it's all about mindset. It's all about mindset. If you're online, type that into your chat. It's all about mindset. And what's fascinating to me is that we, we are a society obsessed with our physical appearance and our weight or lack thereof. We're always trying to eat better. We're always trying to exercise better. We're always trying to take care of this body and we, sh we should, right? Because the body is the temple of the Lord. We pay a lot of attention to our physical bodies, but we neglect our mind, and what I hope this series will drill down deep into the psyche of who we are is that the most important organ, I believe, in your body is your brain. And we're going to go at this hard. We're spending seven weeks on this topic because I believe it is just that important. And let me say to you, you're going to need to lean in and work this one. You're gonna be trying to battle strongholds and thought patterns and dysfunctionality that you've been wrestling with your whole life. We all have that stuff. You're gonna to need to lean in and really work this one. So take off, uh, your, 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 put on your thinking caps, I should say. Take some notes and let's go get this. Here's the good news. We can change our brains. We can actually change the way we think. It's hard, doesn't come easy. So I guess it's about as hard as eating right, you know? I mean, those things are hard too. But changing thought patterns, neurological thought patterns that we have established in our brains, it's hard. Jenny Allen wrote a book, Get Out of Your Head. And she said this, the greatest spiritual battle of our generation is being fought between our ears. What we believe and what we think about matters. And the enemy knows it. And he is determined to get in your head to distract you from doing good and to sink you so deep that you feel, can you relate, helpless, overwhelmed, shut down, and incapable of rising to make a difference. And if it helps you any, let me pause right there. If it helps you any just to, to maybe grapple with that and admit that, like we've all been there. I've been there, Right? Make a difference for the kingdom of God. Now, for those of you who, like I said, or some of you are really good rule followers, you people make the world a better place. Some of you also are like really hard workers and you want extra credit and you want to dig into this subject matter deeper and I highly recommend that you do. Here are some books that I recommend. Here are some books. Get Out of Your Head, I just mentioned that one, by Jenny Allen. Great book, great read, highly, highly recommend it. Here's another one. This one just came off the press. Louis Giglio. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. I mean, hot off the press. Just got it in my office last week. Craig Rochelle, Winning the War in Your Mind. Great book. I'm a big Rochelle fan, big Louis Giglio fan. Here's one. Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess by Dr. Carolyn Leaf. I see a lot of you writing these down. Way to go. If you don't catch them all, because I know it's a lot, um, I, will, I will tweet this out. I will put this on Instagram and uh, Facebook, and if I feel like it, Twitter, which absolutely stinks. Um, 
Mindset, mindset. <laughs> oh, yes, I see. Mindset, the new psychology of success. The new psychology of success. I will list those out by end of day tomorrow, but most of you probably got them all. Great books, highly recommend them. Again, welcome to mindset. And again, you will need to lean in and you will need to engage this and apply this or you'll be sitting here come July wondering, did it even really make a difference? And I'm gonna be giving you some very practical tools to do that. The passage that we're gonna lean into heavily in this series is 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians 10, and I'm wondering, because this is, a, this is gonna be the grounding passage of this series, so powerful, I'm wondering if we would stand at all of our campuses in honor of God's word. Great job. 2 Corinthians 10, one through five. Open up your phone apps or your, your Bible apps, or hopefully, hey, go old school during this series. Bring, bring your Bible. By the humility and gentleness of Christ, the apostle Paul says, I appeal to you. Now listen, listen how he gets confessional here. I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold towards you went away. You know any people like that? <laughs> oh my Lord, that applies. There's a lot of people out there today. They're timid in front of you or they're all so nice and syrupy sweet and blah, 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 blah. Then they get behind a keyboard and a computer screen and they become Satan incarnate, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Right? No, 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 no. Paul, Paul, Paul said, I'm timid in front of you, but I'm bold when I'm not around you. It's interesting. So he says, I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. So Paul is combating some issues here. For though we live in the world, this is key, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, listen in church, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. May God bless his word. Amen? Amen? You may be seated. Notice the great apostle is dealing with some issues. He's dealing with some inconsistency in the body of Christ, some insecurity in his own life. And the Greek word translated power is dunamis. Dunamis, D-U-N-A-M-I-S. It's the word from which we get the word dynamite. So Paul is saying we can blow up we can destroy, we can demolish these strongholds. Now, you might not have used the word stronghold recently in your vocabulary. I know it's not a word that, that we use too much today, but it's an important word. What is a stronghold? It comes from the Greek word akurama, akurama, which is a military stronghold occupied by military officials. You've seen this in the movies or maybe you've been to places uh, where you've actually seen an Akurama. Here, here's a picture for you, just kind of show you what we're talking about here. It's a big fortress. Um, often it's a castle. It's usually built up on a hill and there are walls to protect those who are in the Akurama. This fortress could be surrounded by a wall that could literally be, in some cases, 20, 30, or 40 feet 
tall. It's where military officials might be kept during battles. The devil, don't miss this, our spiritual enemy wants to attack your mind. He's always trying to attack your mind, trying to create certain strongholds, trying to create certain deception so that you are believing something that is actually untrue about you or about life. The devil tries to shape your thinking. And in many cases, he succeeds. Like, guys, you need to know, it's like one of the reasons I'm doing this series is because I had to go to work on this in 2020. I started doing an inventory of my life and I started to realize I had, I had succumbed to some stinking thinking. And the enemy will do that and he's very subtle about that. And Paul uses, interestingly enough, this battle language that, that we are actually in a war for our minds. And once you just start to become aware of that, you're, you're engaged in the battle and you're on your way to victory. You see, unless you define it, you will never defeat it. And you have to define the fact that there is an enemy prowling around on planet Earth. And the area that he attacks you the most is in the area of your mind. Now, if I were to ask you, like, what is, or somebody would come to you like, what is, what is Pastor Benji's favorite verse? What's the verse that he goes to the most? If, if you've listened closely over the last 20 years, you would know that the one I probably quoted more than any other verse of scripture is John 10, 10. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. It's one of my life verses. And I love that verse and I always go to it, right? But, but what I probably haven't stopped and shown you enough of this, is that that's John 10, 10, B. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. John 10, 10, A, the little verse right before my favorite life verse is this. Why don't we read it out loud? Ready? Go. The thief enemy comes only to steal and kill and destroy. So right before Jesus says, hey, by the way, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Right before that amazing, inspiring, encouraging verse, he says, oh yeah, by the way, there is an enemy and he's gonna come to steal and kill and destroy you. And the way he does that most often is through your mind. I know Pat Benatar said love is a battlefield. <laughs> you young people are like, who's Pat Benatar? <laughs> you missed it. Love might be a battlefield. There's some truth to that too, right? But check it out. Your mind is a battlefield. Your mind is a battlefield. And the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. And he will try to lie to you and convince you that you can't trust people. The devil will try to lie to you that you will never be successful. The devil will try to lie to you that you will never experience true joy. The devil will try to lie to you that you will never experience true, intimate, authentic love. The devil will try to lie to you that your children will never straighten up. The devil will try to lie to you telling you that you're never gonna make a difference or you're never gonna amount to anything or you're never gonna find peace and joy and happiness and love in your life. And the devil is a liar. And what you gotta do is you gotta start calling it out. You gotta start calling him a liar. Have you ever done that? The devil is a liar. That's what we're gonna say together. It's not in my, no, this is where I feel led to go, right here, right now. The devil is a liar. You ready? And you can't, you can't go, the devil is a liar. You gotta get up in his face because he's all up in your stuff. 
All the campuses online ready. One, two, three. The devil is a liar. Oh, ooh, wow. You had some vengeance with that. And I like that. The devil is a liar. And write this down. You cannot have a positive life if you have a negative mind. You cannot have a positive life if you have a negative mind. And so we are going to work in seven weeks to develop positive minds, to keep declaring to the devil, you are a liar, get thee behind me. And to start recognizing his schemes and when he comes up to be able to do battle with him. How do we do battle in our minds? Second Corinthians 10 Five. We read the whole pericope earlier. Let's read just this verse. Ready, go. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take what? Captive. What do we take captive? Every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Scripture tells us that we demolish these arguments, we demolish these pretensions, we demolish these akuramas, these strongholds that develop in our lives, and we take it captive and make it obedient to Christ. We take control of the battlefield by the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And I want to share with you through God's Word this journey that I've been on and hopefully you will be on so that at the end of seven weeks, we will be healthy in our minds. You know, some of you have done a lot of work as I have with cognitive behavioral psychology. And what we're learning with this, I still remember taking psychology classes in undergrad. What we're learning even to today more and more and more is that so many of the actions that we take are a result of things that have happened to us in the past, some things that have impacted us, struggles that we have, relational challenges, some eating disorders, addictions of which you know I know about in my young uh, teenage adolescent years, some forms of anxiety. And the other reason why I'm really excited about this series is we've all come through 2020. And I don't care how tough you are, 2020 has impacted us. And I believe in the midst of all of that, we've kind of, we've kind of taken on some dark, depressive, anxious thoughts and patterns. A lot of us are very lonely because, you know, we had that year where we just kind of had to stay home. And if we go to work on these things, we can, we can shake out of that, right, and step into the year that God has before us. There's a great verse tucked into the Old Testament deep. I like the King James Version, by the way. It's Proverbs 23, 7. And since I know that you haven't said the word thinketh recently, let's read this out loud together. Ready? Go. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Isn't that a powerful verse? As a man or a woman thinketh, so is he, so is she. All the way back in, in Proverbs, the word of the Lord is telling us what cognitive behavioral psychology is telling us today. And that is, as we think, so we are. 
application. Today I'm just, today I'm just broad stroking the series, but I, wanna, I didn't wanna just do an intro. I wanted to give you something to take away with you today so that you were glad you came to church or you logged in online. Application. Remember, you can't defeat something unless you define it. I want you to engage in a personal thought audit. Write that in. Engage in a personal thought audit. In other words, think about what you think about. See, the problem is so many of us don't think about what we think about. So our minds are like a runaway, runaway train, if you will, and we're, just, we, we're, not, we're not ever really paying attention to what we're thinking about. So over the course of the next seven weeks, in fact, I will actually keep coming back to this and encouraging you to keep engaging in a thought audit. Write those thoughts in your journal. If you don't have a journal, I know I just lost some of the men. They're like, journal, come on. <laughs> Call me what you want, I'm a journal guy. I'm gonna move on. I wanna say all kinds of things, but I'm not. Type it in your computer, whatever, guys. It makes you feel better. Write it in your, type it in your phone, okay? But, but jot down the things that you think about. You have to take inventory of your thoughts before you can actually diagnose your thoughts. And during installment four, I will come back to this big time and really start to drive into this more. But this week, I just wanna whet your appetite to get you to start thinking about your thoughts. Maybe when you lay down at night or you, maybe you sit up in your bed or whatever the case may be, or maybe you get up in the morning, maybe you're fresher in the morning and you can think back to what you thought about yesterday. Here's a little tool that would help you. It's a part of the thought audit, if you will. Are you worried or are you peaceful? As you live out your days, do you tend to stress out? You wake up in the morning like, oh, it's gonna be a bad day. You look at your calendar and you think, oh Lord, why do I have to meet with that person? And what's gonna happen? And maybe I'm not gonna get any gas. <laughs> you people were losing your marbles last week over gas. I had to shoot a video to say, calm down. And it's gonna be okay, okay? 2020 came, we made it through. If you made it through 2020, come on, you can make it through anything. Good Lord. You know, worried about my, my spouse or worried about my kids or worried about work or, or do you live worried? Where do you fall on this grade? Or do you live a peaceful life knowing that even though there might be things to worry about, Christ is in me, and if Christ is in me, I can live a peaceful life knowing that, that I have a peace that passes all understanding and knowing that God has me in the palm of his hand. So, so, so jot that out and, and think that through. Here, here's another way to think about it. Am I a negative person or am I a positive person? Do I always look at the glass half empty? And do I always think the sky is falling? You know, chicken little, right? And oh Lord, COVID. And oh Lord, there's no gas. And oh Lord, I might get fired. And oh Lord, and everything's negative. Victim mentality. 
Or am I a person who leans toward the fact that my God is a great God and that with God, all things are possible? Come on! And, 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 that, and that even though, again, even though the world may be negative, I'm not making light of the fact that we live in a jacked up negative world, right? And by the way, the media is trying to jack with your life. The whole gas thing, man, that was, it was real, don't get me wrong, but the media was just, whew, they're gonna fan the flame. And Satan works through that stuff to take control of your mind. Watch what you feed your mind on. Or am I, or am I a positive person. Oh, I feel that. If, <laughs> if, if all you have around you are negative people, the reason, like if you, like if you go home and you go, oh, I can't stand these people. They're, they're so negative and they're so full of drama. I can't stand, I hate people. If that's you, if that's you some of you, I don't think you know where I'm going, but if, if, if that's you, there's a reason why negative people go to you. Oh, oh, if you can't say amen, say ouch. If, if, if you are around people and they are so full of drama and, it, and you, you say drama drives me crazy, right? I don't like drama. We say it on staff around here. We say it like this, keep your drama for your mama. We do. That's one of our, it's one of our core values. Um, I'm not even lying. Like that's, that's for real. Um, but what I've learned is, is if you are always complaining about drama, people being all up in your business, The reason they're all up in your business is because you have created a safe haven, a pocket for drama and negativity. See, see the, the point I'm trying to make is the problem is not always them. If everywhere you go, it's negative, and everywhere you grow, go, it's laced with drama, there is one common denominator about everywhere you go. <laughs> And if you're still not picking up what I'm laying down, the common denominator is you. Ooh, I can tell some of you are thinking really hard. Chew on that one a little bit. Here's another thought audit. <laughs> Sister in the back losing it. Here's another thought audit that you might think about. Are you worldly or eternal? Are you worldly or eternal? Do you spend your life consumed with the things of this world or do you live with a perspective of the eternal? Nothing wrong with living in this world. We're supposed to live in this world, right? He's put us here. There's a purpose for us. And so we have to live in the world, but the word tells us to live in the world and not be of the world. And so you can live in the world. This is a good way to describe it. Maybe I'll get right here about it, number five or six. You live with one foot firmly planted in the world and you live with another foot firmly planted in eternity. We had a funeral here yesterday, Kim Blair, one of the most godly women I've ever known. And the beautiful thing about celebrating her life, she died way too young, 51 years old, beautiful, healthy woman, uh, 11 months ago, and di diagnosed with ALS, gone. Life is precious. 
Enjoy every breath that you have. But the beautiful thing about Kim is she never once, never once had a pity party or got negative or anything about her diagnosis. I'd go see her and uh, we'd laugh so hard about life and the life she had lived and, and we'd be crying and the next moment we'd be talking about her diagnosis and we'd be crying again. But she, she cried with tears of joy looking towards heaven. She knew where she was going. Where do you fall on this spectrum? Do you drift towards worldly? You wanna, you wanna define it. Or do you drift towards eternally? And this is key. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Oh my. Your life is always moving. Our lives aren't stagnant. We're moving are you moving in the direction of positive thoughts or negative thoughts, of worldly thoughts or eternal thoughts? But make no mistake about it, your life is always moving every single day in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And here's a, here's a convicting question probably. If your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts, are you excited about the direction your thoughts are taking you? I wanna just let that hang out there for a moment. And again, as every Sunday, you know this about me, right? I, I'm never up here preaching at you. I'm preaching at myself as I'm trying to divide and preach the word of the Lord. Like I stand with you convicted. And that question, thanks for leaving that up there. That's good. Just leave that up there for a moment. Like I had to look in the mirror and I had to realize that I was not pleased with the direction my thoughts were taking me. And we're gonna go to school on this for seven weeks. So the first thing is engage in a personal thought audit. Here's the second thing. Identify and name the biggest strongholds that are holding you back. Guys, there's power in identifying it. Identify and name the biggest strongholds that are holding you back. Remember the stronghold? It's when you're a prisoner and you're locked up by a lie. And the word of the Lord says that we have the dunamis, we have the power to destroy that, to blow it up and get our minds back. Maybe you're here and you think things like, I'm never good enough, or my past is too bad for God to use me, or I can't trust people around me, or I'm never gonna be good with money, right? I'm never gonna make enough money. I'm always going to be alone. I'm never gonna really be close to God. I'll never be in a job that is fulfilling. Those are, those are demonic strongholds, right? All my relationships are gonna be letdowns or breakdowns, or I'm always gonna date psychos. <laughs> I got somebody testifying in the back. <laughs> if you find yourself identifying with negative thoughts. Here's what I want you to do. Embrace the reality first. Embrace the reality and then identify it and write it down. So first, we're gonna engage in a personal thought audit. 
Then we're going to identify and name the biggest strongholds that are holding us back. See, the reality is that your negative thoughts, this is key, is changing your mind chemically. There's a neurochemical change taking place in your mind when you have negative thoughts. I say it like this, every thought creates a neurochemical change in your mind and therefore impacts your life. And you cannot, again, defeat what you do not define. In the same way, in the same way that negative thoughts and dysfunctional thought patterns create a neurochemical change in your body, positive thoughts create a positive change in your body. There is this thing that we know very clearly, and some of you studied this as well. There is this drug, it's a legal drug. Your body produces it. It's called dopamine. Think of the naming of it, dopamine. And, and it's legal, it's legal. For those of you who are, you know, it's legal. And when, when, you, <laughs> when someone says something to you and you have a pleasant thought, you have dopamine. If someone says, wow, you're looking good. Dopamine, right? Someone, someone likes one of your posts on Instagram or Facebook or maybe Twitter. Dopamine, right? You, you have all these things going on in your body and they're positive and they're good and they should we should celebrate those, those things. But how do we move away from the negative thoughts that create negative changes and have positive thoughts that create positive feelings and experiences in life? It's the result of mindset, it's the result of strongholds, it's the result of us leaning into the word of the Lord, where the word of the Lord connects with good science about the brain, and we become victors instead of victims. That's where we're going. And if it's not clear already, we're talking about a mental transformation. That's what I'm praying for you. And I would ask that you pray it for me because I'm still on the journey with you. I've been living with this pretty significantly for the last couple of years. But I, like you, have never fully arrived, never will, right? And so I'm praying for transformation as well. And there's this great verse in Romans 12, one and two, that talks about transforming our minds. Let's read it together. Romans 12, ready, go. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not what? Conform to the negative, worldly, patterns of this world that the, the thief is behind trying to get us to adopt, but instead be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. So to give you just an example, here, here's the third thing, and then I'm gonna give you an example of what I'm talking about. So the first thing is we engage in a personal thought audit. The second thing we do is we identify and name the biggest strongholds that are holding us back, okay? And the third thing that we do is we declare the truth that demolishes the stronghold, 
Oh, that's so important, so important. So what do we do first? Why don't we read it? I want this to settle deep in the water table of your mind and soul, if you will. The first thing is what? Say it with me. We engage in a personal thought audit. In other words, we think about what we're thinking about and we record those and we pay close attention to it. Over the course of seven weeks, if you really will engage us in seven weeks, you, you, won't have, you, won't, you won't be fully arrived, but you will be well on your way. What do we do secondly out loud? We identify and name the biggest strongholds that are holding you back. And if you stop there, you're, you're not gonna change anything. Here, here's key, 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 key. Go, declare the truth that demolishes that stronghold. We do what? Declare the truth that demolishes that stronghold. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You might, this might be, you might be like, I don't know the word that much and I'm not really, listen guys, with Google, well, I don't know that we should ever ask any questions anymore. Like, just Google it. Once you, <laughs> once you identify just, just Google Bible verses about anxiety, Bible verses about depression, Bible verses about being alone, Bible verses about dating. I mean, just, and then you go to word in the, you go to work in the scriptures and you name and declare a truth over the stronghold. You want an example? Just, just getting real practical. If you find this journal in between services, I command you in the name of the Lord to not read it. <laughs> like this, and I have stacks of journals over 30 years of walking with the Lord, but th this journal has been my journal for 2020 and 2021. And back here at the beginning, I started this and, and just being vulnerable with you. Don't have time to really unpack each one. But this is what I mean. This is about the thought audit. Then you, you identify and name the strongholds. Then you declare a truth that's gonna demolish and destroy the stronghold. So I wrote here back in the fall, Lord, the enemy tries to convince me I can't lead this church. The needs are too many. The demands are too high and I never feel like I'm good enough. And I got beside that stronghold. Underneath that, but God tells me I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I am called, thank you, I am called according to his purposes. See that? Now, every time I start, I get in that headspace of I'm not good enough, church is too big, too many people, I can't, I'm not a good enough leader, I'm never gonna be able to meet all their needs anyway, and I start getting down and depressed and anxious. Every time, I then have a stronghold that I can combat it with. It's not, a, it's not a, once you do it one time, it's over, it's done. No, like you know how many times I've had to quote that? But God tells me I can do all things through Christ, Philippians 4, 13, and that I'm called according to his purposes, Romans 8, 28. So every time this, because Satan is persistent, he'll keep coming at you. You have a bad day, you know what it's like. You, I don't know about you, man. People ask me, how you doing? You, know, you really don't want me to answer because it just depends on when you ask me. <laughs> Nine o'clock, I might be doing good. 10 o'clock, I might be like, oh Lord, right? 
So you got, you got, you, and then you lean on these and you memorize them. Y'all want one more? Of course you do. You want to be all up in my journal. <laughs> give me more, give me more, give me more. Don't worry about the time today, pastor. Just keep reading your journal. <laughs> um, here's one. Lord, the enemy tries to convince me that due to my upbringing and parental interactions, I'm not worthy to be truly loved and treasured by people or God. Fight that one all the time. I got a stronghold written out beside that and then I got truth. God tells me in Psalm 36, seven, how priceless is his unfailing love for me. And John 15, 13 tells me, greater love has no one that Christ laid down his life for me. Thought audit. This is, the, this is a very important assignment. Every single person online or at any campus. Establish a thought audit. Name and identify the strongholds that you're fighting, that, that come against you. You know them. You might have to sit down and think about them, but you know them. And then declare biblical truth over those strongholds so that you do it until it forms neurological pathways in your brain. See, the problem is we get into ruts. You know what a rut is, don't you? A rut, a rut is nothing more than a casket with both ends kicked out. That's what a rut is. And you, some of us have bad ruts in our brains. And so you keep declaring this biblical truth over that, that rut, over that stronghold, so that you experience the word of God and the power of God in your life. And before long, you will actually create new neurological pathways that put you on a trajectory of being a victor and not a victim to being a winner and not a wimp to being someone who knows I am here for a purpose and I can do great things with my life. So you take captive the thoughts that come your way and you lean in. I told you in the very beginning, you're going to have to work this one. Like this is, a, this is not a Sunday thing. I want you to be living this with me. Like I'm in it with you. Live this with me every single day. Second Corinthians 10, five, one more time because I want to camp out and end on this thought of taking captive. Ready? Go. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We demolish the strongholds. We take captive the negative thoughts. And we let God start to work in our lives. Now that word, take captive, it means literally, a lot of you are taking notes today, write this down. If you got you, this is why you should do old school Bible. Man, right there in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, circle, that, circle those two words, take captive, and then write in the margins, you can write in your Bible or write in your journal. The, 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 the phrase take captive in the Greek literally means to take up a sword. Oh, don't miss this connection. And I put this, I brought this here today for you. Uh, one of my twin boys graduated last week from the Citadel, second lieutenant. 
And he's, he's on his way to Fort Benning, uh, Georgia, and he's gonna go to Ranger School. And um, yeah, he's, he's, he's BB. <laughs> Bad butt. I'll, I'm in church. <laughs> um, the, Paul's saying, we, we take up sword. Remember, we're in a battle. And, and campus pastors will tell you, I love swords. I have swords in my office. I have swords at my house. I gave all the campus pastors a sword. has their name engraved in it. I, I'm a sword guy. And I love this about Wesley's because it's got his name. It's got his name right there. I don't know if you can see it. Wesley Jacob Kelly. But on this sheath, it's got, remember who you are. And when you fight your battles, you take up the sword and you take captive the thoughts. And this is where you, once you know the different parts of scripture, you can start to connect things together. Well, what do you know about the sword? You remember the series I did in Battle Ready? Remember I had Maximus up here? Remember Maximus? And we had him in all of his roaming guard. He's in my office, by the way. Maximus still stands tall in my office. He's a bad dude. He's a BB too. I kind of like BB better than BA. Just saying. Just saying. Um, and remember what the word of the Lord says about the sword? In Ephesians 6, it talks about all the armor that we wear. Remember this? Ephesians 6, 17, out loud. I mean really strong because you've got to get your warrior voice on. Ready, go. Take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Again, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the what? Word of God. So we take captive the thoughts by the Word of God. That's why that third point is so important. You declare truth over the enemy and over strongholds. May God particularly anoint this mindset series. And may we come out of it in seven weeks, having been transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit and the actions we take to destroy and demolish the schemes and the tactics of Satan. And may he get all the glory in your life and in my life. Let the church say, Amen and amen and amen.